Hey, welcome back to Citizens Crime Watch podcast. Today I'm joined with Ian from Citrus Family Care Network. Um, Ian, it was great to meet you the other day. Absolutely. And uh, so we wanted to have you on to talk about uh, you, what Citrus Family Care Network is. Um, can you tell folks about? Sure. Yeah, thank you, Joseph, for having me. And it was great meeting you as well. Uh, pretty much what my agency is, we are the lead community-based care agency service in Miami-Dade as well as the Monroe counties, that's the keys. Um, you say the child welfare system, the complete word is probably like the dependency system. Mm -hmm. um, any child that comes into our care, my agency oversees that. We have different agencies up under us uh, who do full case management services who help with the day-to-day -day operations of that. Um, I can name those agencies, but that's pretty much what we do. So our, our main focus, if you look our vision, go to our website, our vision is for every at-risk child in Miami-Dade and Monroe counties to grow up in a safe, loving, and nurturing and permanent family. That's great. And and the website for those who, who want to go check it, just uh, the uh, URL for that is? Sure. Uh, www.citrusfcn.com, C-I-T-R-U-S, the letter F-C-N.com. And once you're on that website, if you want to do complete an uh, inquiry with us, meaning want information, have one of the recruitment specialists reach out to you. Um, you could click where it says foster, and that will have a little inquiry where you could fill out, and it comes right to the recruitment department. So we'll reach out to you 24 hours. You know, holidays mm -hmm. happen. It may be a little longer. We try to do 24, 80, uh, 48 hours. I, uh, I was looking at the website earlier, and there is a lot of information about the different services Absolutely. Uh, under the umbrella of, of Citrus. So. Mm -hmm. um, I can explain those as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We have our, uh, we'll start with my, my, my department, recruitment. So we're out in the community. Uh, that's where you, we met at, um, talking to different providers or doing different events. We're pretty much everywhere because we services, uh, service Miami-Dade. Um, we have our placement department. They have the direct connection when children come into care to make sure they're placed in a, a licensed foster home. Our intake department, kind of one and the same as well as our, our um, we have a, who works with recruitment, we have a, what's called retention, um, our foster parent liaisons who are assigned to assist the foster parents, whatever they, they may need. Um, we have an adoptions unit. Um, we also have our uh, transition and youth specialist unit. Those children are, well, not children, they're young adults, yeah. 18 and 23. That unit I actually came from uh, for five years. Uh, we have nurse case management. Uh, we have IT quality insurance just to mm -hmm. make sure everything's going on. So we work hand-in-hand -hand with Department of Children and Family, as well as we have agencies up under us as well, who we um, partner with. So we were, you know, you work with uh, a population that is pretty vulnerable. Absolutely. Um, how does a, a child come into the, the foster care system? Right. Um, three, three main reasons, but... The, uh, the specific ones are abuse. Abuse could be defined as sexual, mental, or physical, uh, abandonment, or neglect. And what, ha what, ha what happened was someone called the Department of Children and Families. That number is 1-800-962-2837. Uh, That's the abuse hotline. It's known across Florida. That's the only hotline. So once somebody calls that, that kind of starts the initial process. Not all families, uh, children, get removed and come to us. Right. The Department of Children and Families, through their uh, child investigators, um, 
the PIs, they call them, private investigators, try to do everything they can to keep the families in their home. If a child has to get removed, then they're linking to a family member or a non-relative or something like that. But worst case scenario, they come to us. Um, that's when the kind of ball rolling for my department, we're looking for qualified foster parents. Um, we don't want to, uh, there's trauma involved in it, so we just don't want to remove a child and put them anywhere. Right. We want them to stay in their same school, have their same friends, kind of have that same normalcy, if if that can be. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much it. I do want to give the names of the, the full case management agencies we partner with. Sure. Uh, we have Center for Family and Child Enrichment. Um, the acronym for them is CFCE, we call them. They service the Miami Garden, uh, the North area. Okay. We have Children Home Society. They kind of service the South area. And then the Central area, we have Family Resource Center, we call them FRC, kind of the Central area. Um, they all work hand in hand. We all work hand in hand. Those are our partners we're contracted with, as well as Wesley House. They service the Lower Keys and the Upper Keys. Okay. All right. So um, they do the day to day work. Okay. And we oversee the work. You know, so we all kind of work work hand in hand. Okay, so the first way is is abuse of some sort. What's what are other ways that kids come into the system? Abandonment, you know, kids come, especially Miami, we're kind of like the epicenter. When um, kids come from different countries, they left. Mm -hmm. So that's when DCF got to get called. They left at the airport or, or wherever their families leave. DCF is called, so that's abandonment. Then we also have neglect as well. Right. Where, you know, whatever the specific situation is, um, but those are the, the general, general aspects of it. So, someone decides, you know, they want to open their home, open their heart to welcome in a child in need. How does someone become a foster parent? Well, first they just go to our website, mm -hmm. stitchesfamilycarenetwork.com, uh, stitchesfcn.com. Um, we have our phone numbers on there. We have um, an inquiry line on there as well that it goes directly to the to the recruitment department uh, my information be on the slide at the mm -hmm. end of this presentation as well as well as my uh, co-worker Kimberly Lopez mm -hmm. you can reach out to us directly and we will let you know the process and what you need to do um, it's all free and Kimberly will get more into that okay. um, DCF pays for, uh, for you to become a foster parent for the licensing it's the minor things you got to do in a home I'm, I'm gonna I'll let Kim get into that but um that's it. You just got to be qualified. You, um, you have to live in Miami. That's the most important part, Miami-Dade and, Mon and Monroe, because that's who we service. There's different agencies okay. across the different counties. All right. Yeah. And, and if you are watching this and are not in Florida, uh, I'm sure your local area has their own agencies and, Correct. and whatnot to or look the, into. Or the specific state, yeah. they run it. You know, Just here in Florida, is department relies with different private agencies. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Ian, want to thank you for coming, and we'll uh, we'll be speaking with Kimberly in a moment. Absolutely. So, hey, thanks for coming on. All right, thank you, Joseph. Appreciate it. Uh, now we're joined with Kimberly Lopez with Citrus uh, Family Care Network. Um, so we just talked with Ian, and we had uh, started to get into the topic of how does someone become a foster parent, um, and he lightly touched on it, but he said, you know, you had the more in-depth information. So. Somebody's out there, they're seeing this video, they realize they want to open up their, their heart and home to a, a vulnerable child. How do they go about doing that? Uh, Ian said, you know, go to the, the, the citrusfcn.com website uh, and, and connect with you guys, but what are the steps 
after that? Sure. So in reference to that, we have a pre-screening process. So there's a short pre-screening form that we would do with the participant over the phone. Just gets their information, ask them basic questions, like do they have a criminal history, how many rooms they have in the home, so forth, so that we can let them know whether or not they meet criteria to move on in our process. If they do meet criteria, then we schedule them for background screenings. We do do that free of charge in our downtown Miami office. And then that is usually followed by our pre, uh, what we call CARES class, which is the classes that are needed to become a licensed foster parent um, in our county. And we also offer those free of charge. They right now are by Zoom in light of the pandemic, so people can do them from their own home. They would just simply click on the link and they would log on. Uh, We usually have them Monday evenings or Thursday evenings from 6.30 to 9.30, and they are eight weeks long. So it'd be every Monday for the eight weeks or vice versa. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, And then once they go through that, the the CARES classes, then are they they considered licensed? They, is, and then... Right. So the process after they, while they're in the class, they're going to be partnered up with one of our licensing specialists, and they will be sending them the packet of information they needed to complete their license. Um, There's also home studies that have to be completed so that the licensing specialist can verify that they do have the capacity as far as space and that the home is a safe home for the child. Um, And the person participant is provided a list of requirements and so forth in advance so they can make sure that they may not, they have something that they may not regularly have um, in the home, such as a fire extinguisher. Some folks do, some don't. If you're expecting littler children, then you will need certain things, yeah. you know, obviously. Um, if you have a pool, you know, so there's certain yeah. different things that, so we do supply a list in advance, so that way folks know what to expect and what's needed in anticipation of that visit. Um, and so while they're in the class, usually that process is being done simultaneously. So the goal is by the time they finish the class, then their file is ready to be submitted to DCF. Um, and with the pandemic, you know, there is a little bit of a right. delay, I would say, but fairly, I would say it's safe to say within two to three weeks at the most after they finish the class, um, then they would be licensed. As far as um, the children, how we know which children to place in which home and whether someone is open to certain children is in that licensing packet. It goes into depth as far as the children, um, the sex, the age, uh, behavioral issues. Um, as you know, dealing with the foster children, these children have experience trauma, sexual abuse, so forth. So we want to know what the person feels comfortable with. So that way, when we call them to place a child in their home, it's going to be a good match. And we won't have to either, you know, uh, traumatize that prospect, that foster parent, or also our children by having to remove them because a foster parent doesn't feel that they have the abilities to, you know, foster or to help that child. A little about myself, Uh, I am from a family with an adoption. We adopted my cousin, Um, so originally we weren't planning to, but it it happened. So is that, in some situations, I know you're more on the foster side of it, but say say a foster parent and the child click and, and, you know, reunion is not a, a possibility. Is adoption the next possible step for for a foster parent? 
Right, so the way that the process works in reference to that is all of our children come in with the goal of reunification. Parents are usually given a case plan goal of 12 months to which they have to complete the services that the court has requested of them. If during that time, uh, at any period, the judge feels that the parent is not, or the child is not able to be reunified with the parent, then the DCF would petition the court to TPR those parents' rights. And once that process is completed, then the goals change to adoption and the child is available for adoption. But by law, we are required to seek living relatives or family friends, right. and they would receive, you know, or priority that say in reference to, usually we would know them by then, um, but they, you know, are able to apply for the adoption of that child. If there is no one available, then that's when the foster parent would be able to adopt the child. Um, for those who are unfamiliar with the process of the adoption, the benefits um, from the state, the cost is for the most part covered by the state um there you are required to find your own attorney and pay said attorney right. um but the state does give you a credit when you finalize the adoption and a large portion of our parents use that same funding to cover that cost so there's no really in a sense out-of-pocket cost the children also uh, will continue to receive a monthly stipend um till the age of 18 um and they do have free medicaid as well and then the child will qualify since they were a ward of a state, usually six months or more, then they will qualify for inst free in-state tuition. Oh. So they can go to FSU, FIU, you know, Miami-Dade College, and their tuition is covered by the state of Florida. That's, that's, that's really good. I didn't, I didn't know about the, the, the in-state tuition thing. That's, mm -hmm. uh, that's really great. Um, so not everybody's meant to be a parent. Not everybody has the capacity to be a foster parent. What what are um, what are other ways that folks can help out, say, your organization or um, I know uh, Ian mentioned, you know, the agencies underneath you who do the day to day. How, wh how can they help? Um, there's several different ways that folks can help. Um, we do, we accept donations. Um, we're always in need, as you can imagine. Some of the children come with literally just what's on their back. Um, so if someone has um, new or really gently used baby items, we take those. We have our transitional youth um, who, when they transition out, you know, they require, um, you know, their efficiency or apartment to be set up, toiletries, you know, basic bedding, uh, kitchenware, all kind of different things. Um, we also have different volunteers opportunities um, as you know now with the pandemic those are little yeah. you know more touchy but we do have normally opportunities um, we have worked in the past with the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts and they have done a, a great thing to where they've actually created toiletry bags um, or duffel bags so it has like a pillow a blanket um, all different toiletries in it for things when kids come in various yeah. ages something that they can take with them to their new placement and have something that's theirs um, that they can call theirs which makes a big um, impact so um, you know and then just volunteering as far as like mentoring we do have normally uh, mentoring opportunities as well uh, a lot of our children have interests as far as like dance music um, so forth so if there's a company that is willing and able to um, be a mentor or possibly provide a program um, for some of our youth um, especially our teens um, who are usually you know left out unfortunately then we definitely welcome that 
Um, we are also part of the Amazon Smile program. So they, people can look us up on the Amazon Smile, and they're able to um, give a contribution every time they make an Amazon purchase. Awesome. That's so, great. Yeah. So, I mean, there's various different ways. We also accept monetary donations, you know, obviously sponsorships for different activities that we have throughout the year. And um, they can reach out to us as well if they'd like for that. And we'd be more than happy to uh, connect them with our, you know, public relations coordinator. Excellent. Um, one of the things I want to go back to, and, and I know it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things that we, we, we I'm, I'm a sibling. I couldn't imagine going into being taken out of my house and not being with my siblings. So is that, is that a focus for, for your agency or, I mean, I, it would seem to be like getting somebody to be a foster parent is one thing, but being foster parent to two or three or more kids. But is that something that you focus on? Yeah. So our main need actually that we recruit for is for teens and sibling group homes. So our goal, and there is a law actually in reference to separation of siblings um, to where, you know, we don't do that. Right. So, um, but like you mentioned, it's hard. There's cases that we have literally six to eight kids. Yeah. Um, so there's not really a home that's able to take eight kids at once. The best case scenario would be either uh, two relatives that want to foster and could take like four and four or three and you know three and three or have someone that's very close friends to where they're also able and willing to foster and that way you know one home can take one and that way they're having regular contact they're usually uh, very close to each other they can go to the same schools um you know and that way they can you know still interact and maintain that bond because just the removal themselves like you mentioned and just a tidbit about myself as well i also grew up in foster care and my siblings were not maintained together i had two other brothers um one actually went into care with me and became a runaway and you know had several issues throughout his life and then I had another one who actually stayed with my biological father Um, so in reference to that you know I definitely can relate to that and that is definitely a main focus that we have when we do go out recruit that is you know teens and sibling groups right now are our hugest and hardest population to recruit for and um, but there's such a need And I think there's a lot of misconceptions, especially with our teens. A lot of our sibling groups contain teens as well. And so folks will want to maybe take in siblings, but only little ones. And we encourage everybody to open their hearts, open their minds, um, because these these children um, are victims. They, they, you know, they with the right love, discipline and, and, you know, and stability, you know, their successes. I mean, we see it, you know, throughout the years with many different people have been adopted or grown up in foster care, you know, such as myself. When, when you have that stability and you're provided the opportunity, you know, yeah. you can reach goals and you can succeed. Um, it's just having people realize that not every foster child or not even just every, not a foster child comes in, a, you know, delinquent. Um, you know, they're put in a situation, but when given the right path or the right choice, they make the right choice. They just need the opportunity to do so. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um Uh, As Ian mentioned, uh, we will have at the end of the video your contact information for both you and Ian, as well as, you know, the links for um, the organization will be in the show notes. So um, if you are interested in becoming a foster parent or if you have a monetary donation you can make or a material donation you can make, please reach out to Citrus. Uh, They are doing the, the, the toughest job for the most vulnerable population. Thank you for coming today. It was really great to talk with you. Uh, And thank you for tuning in. Um, 
as you know, we are here on YouTube. So uh, like this video, subscribe, hit the notifications button. We'll be seeing you real soon.